The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- Four five one four two two zero. Hey Bainbridge, Office Expats, the co-working space in the pavilion is a shared office for those of us who work remotely. We have fast fiber Wi-Fi and organic coffee. Keep us in mind too as a location for board meetings, depositions, or treat your team at work to an island offsite. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. GreatNorthernElectric.com, serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. 206-842-3620. I got something for your mind, body, and soul.
Yeah. My name's Abraham Newell, and this is a Indian drone box called the Shruti box. Um, it's actually a really old instrument, and it gives that really nice droning effect. Um, it's made out of wood. It's similar to a harmonium or an accordion where it pumps air into it. And then on top of that, I was playing my Native American flute. Which is quite large, actually. It actually is. It projects pretty well, too. It's beautiful. Yeah, they go really well together. They're both in G minor, so it's kind of nice to incorporate that wood tone synonymously. And it's a new instrument to me, so coming from a drummer's perspective, it's new to play something that's a wind instrument, but I have a good time with it. Very cool. Cool. It's almost like a, not so much an accordion, but a... A file case with a foot pedal. It's right? what it looks like, huh? Yeah. It's, it's like I'm, I'm heading to work with my briefcase that makes droning noise. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. How did you get uh, hip to that? Uh, two things. So the drone box I got to accompany the next instrument I'll play, um, I got it linked up with this foot pedal so that I could be hands-free. As a percussionist, I got to use my hands. So that was the idea behind that. Um, the flute was actually made for me. So I unfortunately had gear stolen from me the one time that I left it in a car. Yeah. But out of that sad story came this Native American flute. So somebody had seen my post uh, about missing gear, and he reached out to me without ever having met me and made this flute for me. That's beautiful. Fast forward world. a few years, I met him at a gathering for the handpan, which I'll play next. And I was like, hey, you're the guy that made me that Native American flute. He's like, yes, I am. Very cool. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah, hand pan me. I will hand pan you. So yeah, um, hand pan is similar. Well, it's derived from Trinidad steel pan. Um, so if you think of a Trinidad steel pan being inverted, tuned um, on the inside of the shell, this is kind of the reverse concept. And they're new in the world. They were originally made in Switzerland in like 01, so... It's basically the reverse concept of the Trinidad pan, which has been around a lot longer. Looks like you robbed a turtle of his, its home. Ninja turtle, flying saucer, barbecue hubcap, shield, walk. You got a name for it? Like a pet name? Uh, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a common question that you get when you're performing is, what is that thing? It looks like a turtle shell. So you were not far off. Uh, this particular one is in F, and it's a pygmy scale. <laughs>
Haven't been this relaxed in a long time, man. <laughs> it's only Friday, too. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. I now see why this goes over well at Dayalu and yoga classes. Yeah, it's been a fun journey, man. Um, Let's get these, this mic a little closer to you yeah, now. That the instrument's that, out of the way. For sure. Um, this instrument kind of turned my whole uh, approach to music 360. Um, when I first moved to Seattle to pursue music, which is what I do, my intention was to perform and play, and hey, I've got a show this weekend, and hey, hanging up flyers in the Ave, and the hustle of promoting yourself for having a show. Whereas with this instrument, it does it all. I mean, people yeah. are drawn inward to it, so I just kind of let it speak for itself, and then everything's just kind of come as a result of getting one. Can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. I got drawn in. <laughs> so uh, two years ago when I started this podcast, I wanted humor to be a big part of the podcast, mm-hmm. which it's not, you know, except my poor humor myself. Um, but I had two comedians in, and uh, they were doing a show at the BPA. Mm-hmm. And one of them, I found out, was more of a musician, and his name was Rafi, and I know you know him. Yeah. And he's incredible fiddler, great designer, and uh, pretty damn good uh, um, funny man. So he tells me that uh, he's playing the pre-show to the comedy show uh, with music. And I was like, oh, you got a band? And he's like, no. Um, <laughs> and I was like, who's going to be playing? He's like, well, this one cat and this this other cat and... I'm like, what'd you do? Just go down to Labor Ready and get some musicians <laughs> off 99? <laughs> and uh, I went to the show. I didn't know he was a fiddler at the time. I was there for the comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the, the warm-up and the intermission. And you're there. Right. And you're playing this incredible box drum. I don't know. Is that the official name? Cajon. Cajon? Yeah. Nice. That sounds badass yeah, right there. Yeah. You got the cajon. Not to be confused with the plural. Yes. <laughs> so it's, describe that instrument to me. Oh, the cajon. Yeah. Um, well, you hit it on the head. I mean, it is a box drum. Um, I think it's Peruvian originally, but basically it's just a rectangular box that you you slap and bang on, but it also doubles as your seat. So it's pretty versatile. And doesn't it have like a rattle type? So yeah, the, um, to it as well? it's basically lined on the front face plate of the wood with snare wires. Um, so traditionally use it for a lot of like shuffle flamenco style, but my background's with drum set. So I kind of rock out with it. I kind of use the cajon as like a drum set hybrid percussive setup. Very cool. Um, that's so th- probably what you saw when we were thrown together for that. So I, I saw you, and I was just like, that guy's kind of old-school cat, even <laughs> though you're young. Um, and that instrument I hadn't seen before, mm-hmm. and I really liked the sound. I was really drawn into that. And uh, then I find out you're playing at the place where I do yoga, and uh, John Crane was doing some percussion-type stuff there. Mm-hmm. And I talk to him a lot. I see him you know, here and there all the time, and he talks about what he does and it's pretty cool and then i found out that you were kind of taking uh that that spot that he was doing and he was getting into other things yeah and then i was interviewing joel underwood Mm. who was an actor among other things and uh we just found out that we both knew who you were and uh then you were playing in his band Mm -hmm. and then i think i saw you on the ferry playing once (laughs) And then I was just like, this cat's everywhere. Why don't I know him? I got to reach out to him. 
and say what's up because I was drawn into your versatility, yeah. your unique instruments, and just the the groove that you have. You you're always enjoying playing, and some some people play, and then some people can't stop playing. Got to right. play every day. I know Joel's like that. He's got to play an hour every day, mm. um, the guitar and stuff. So. I'm super happy to have you in here and uh, talk about these instruments and, and your um, arc of music. Well, I appreciate the kind words, and thanks for having me. Um, you know, we live on an island, so eventually we're going to run into each other, but it's cool to hear the backstory because a lot of that I didn't know <laughs> as oh, cool. far as our interactions. Um, yeah, I have a fun doing what I do, man. And it's like once I got thinking outside the box, so to speak, um, it kind of opened me up to performing with other musicians and therefore other instruments. Um, when I first moved here, I played in the one rock band because we were going to make it, so to speak. Uh, and uh, your band's going to break up eventually. <laughs> it's like a relationship, <laughs> I guess. I mean, you know, you get older and people have careers and kids and all that good stuff. But um, mm -hmm. I just kind of forged on and then started dating other people and right. play with just a lot of different amazing musicians around the sound. Um, and then I started taking off doing these solo performances with these unique instruments that I've been acquiring. So kind of it keeps me well-rounded and it allows me to play a lot of different venues and, and, and genres and all that good stuff. So, yeah. The one thing I enjoy uh, probably the most about my podcast is the eclectic people I get to speak to. Mm -hmm. And you're eclectic in the way that you can play so many different instruments and you can go this route, that forum – this the style and and fit in with so many people you're you're very versatile in that way and uh, i think that's a, a very attractive trait oh thanks yeah um it wasn't always like that i always just played drums but i knew i wanted more out of it mm -hmm. i always had melody inside i just didn't know quite how to get it out except for whistling in the shower and all that stuff <laughs> um my grandma was an amazing whistler so i kind of i kind of gained that attribute but the the melody finally came out when the hand pan came into my life um that was what I was drawn to was the fact that it's melodic and percussive. So it was kind of a perfect marriage of Melodic both. meaning? So there's melody, but you can play it percussively too. Huh. So it's like a tuned drum. So instead of just keeping the beat. You hit different parts of it and get different sounds. Correct. It. So it allowed me to kind of voice the melodies that I've had inside, but yet still keep rhythm. So you weren't classically trained on that instrument. <sighs> I'm not classically trained on anything, so... You never took a music class No, nah, I took one drum lesson, and <laughs> my lack of discipline really showed. Because um, I, I don't think you're an undisciplined person at all. I think you're a hustler. I'm a hustler, for sure. Hustler, um, baby. Hustler. So, I, I'm a little bit stubborn. <laughs> I don't really like to be told how to do something. I like to kind of get hands-on and teach myself. Um, mm -hmm. That's the beauty of this instrument, is that... You just take your time with it. And it's so new into the world that there's not like a manual on how to play it. It's more like a self-expression or exploration. And uh, that doesn't mean you couldn't take lessons. Um, but as far as my perspective of music, if I have to read music on a piece of paper or have it written out, I get like my mind just can't process it. I remember in um, junior high, I took band where I had already been playing in church drums and then I took my first, uh, well, I was in, in band in junior high, and they had sheet music in front of me, and I just couldn't even 
So I started playing what I heard. He's like, that's not what's on the paper. I'm like, yeah, but I think it sounds better. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what you feel. That's too. what I feel. So that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that it has to be a feeling with me. Otherwise, I don't connect. Yeah. You yeah. recently um, teamed up with a, a young lady and went to Alaska to play. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was all about? It was amazing. So, yeah, um, I recently started playing with uh, Emily McVicker, who's a local full-time musician herself. And... Uh, she was playing at SeaTac, so we're both with this company called Gigs for You, and they basically hire musicians to perform all over the place, whether it be the airport, um, different parks and rec downtown. They, so it's not labor ready. Rafi got you from Gigs for You. Mm, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, I think he actually got me on the street. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I, I funny story. I, I don't mean to interrupt here, but. We got married, and there was a violinist on the ferry, um, and we didn't have music for our wedding. Mm -hmm. So we asked the lady if she would uh, come play at our wedding tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful, and we found her on the ferry. Cool. And I know those... Uh, the jazz cats? Yeah, the... <laughs> I tried to get those guys on, but they, they're a little less disciplined. That's you know? a lot of cat. Yeah, and the, <laughs> those straight cats are uh, only interested in, in playing for the beer. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I love I love how they're on the ferry as well. It's amazing, like, who you'll run into on the ferry. Like, I, I always have an instrument with me because I'm probably heading to a gig or rehearsal. But even if I'm not, if I'm just heading over for a day, I'll still bring one of my turtles with me and play up on the sun deck. And I've gotten gigs off of that, too, just, yeah. just playing. So I believe it. I know the interactions. Um, and this is full time for you. This, this is how you make your living. This yeah. is how you put a roof over your head. Yeah, yeah. It's not super lavish, but I'm doing what I love. Um, and you live here on the island. I live here on the island. How long have you been here? I think like summer 2012. I was visiting my sister and the kiddos, and she conveniently was like, "You want to go check out this apartment and take the kids just for something to do and scope it out?" I was like, "Sure." And so we walked down the street on Winslow, and I won't tell you exactly where I live, but um, <laughs> we walked in, and I was like, wow, this place is actually kind of cool. It had, like, this nostalgic 70s kind of vibe about it. And she's like, you like it? And I was like, oh, wait a second. You're recruiting me to be on the island, aren't you? Need a babysitter. Need a babysitter. And at the time, I was actually kind of needing a break from the city. And mm -hmm. so it, it was I actually... Feel, yeah. yeah, I was living up on First Hill in the concrete jungle, and performing at night and just living downtown and everything about it. I was like, you know what, this could be a nice break. And here I, here I am still. So, and what's great about being here and being a foot traveler too, is being able to go get to the city so easily. Yeah. And I'm right there. Um, when I'm on the Island, everything's right out the door the market and everything is at my disposal. Cause I, I do what I do and I travel by transit by the way. So <laughs> mm -hmm. if you see me carrying stuff, it's cause I'm going to catch a bus to go to a show. Right. So the fact that I can walk on the ferry is pretty handy. If I lived like inward on the island, it wouldn't work. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like the balance and the the ability to kind of recharge and then go back into the city. Mm -hmm. However, if I get to play on the island or do a podcast on a Friday and not have to leave, that's that's even all the better because I do love when I get my time here. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Emily, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's get back to It's Alaska. all good. So Gigs for You, we're both hired by them. They basically um, hire musicians to play, um, which is great. It's almost like a, a constant gig for me that they throw dates. And um, she was playing at SeaTac, and uh, someone was watching in the wings and 
thought she would be a perfect fit for their Alaska Day festival. And uh, so she reached out to me and said just out of nowhere, hey, do you want to go on tour in Alaska? And I was like, well, where is it and when is it? And she's like, she threw me the dates and I was available. And she said, it's in Sitka, Alaska. And I said, hold on, what? And she's like, yeah, a little fishing town called Sitka. And I'm like, my parents lived in Sitka in the late 70s. So somehow my dad not only convinced my mom to get married, but to uproot her from Chicago to move to Sitka, Alaska on a fishing boat in the late 70s. Wow. And they had just gone back there this summer to take the grandkids for whatever, 40-year kind of revisit. And I couldn't go because I was gigging. And about two weeks later, I got the call from Emily. So we went to Sitka for a full week, played on a cruise for their Alaska brew fest, and then were the featured artists for the actual Alaska Day Festival, which is more like a week-long festival. Mm-hmm. They had the um, Seattle bagpiper, firemen bagpipers there. So, Unique. Yeah. So every day the bagpipers, we shared the same hotel, so they would just basically go around town doing their bagpiping in bars and different venues all around town. And we just kind of see them in transit every day in the lobby. Um, but what was really cool about it is that we had downtime between the performances. So we play it on like a Sunday and then the next gig was until Friday. So I had suggested the guy who hired us, I was like, hey, I would love to get in the schools and maybe retirement homes and, and play our music and just kind of reach out to the community because we have so much time. And Yeah, it was super cool to see all the photos yeah. of you hanging out in it those places. It was so special, man. Look, he would pick us up in the morning, take us to the elementary school. We would do a little show and tell with our instruments and she would do her looping and beatboxing. And yeah, what, what does she play? So she um, she plays guitar, but she is a master of the loop pedal. So she'll what lay is, down like... What is that? So a loop pedal basically is a device that captures your performance, and then you build layers. Oh, okay. So she'll basically like beatbox into a mic, and then record it, and then overdub and create these layers, and then do vocal harmonies and create even more layers, and then I play percussion on top of that, and then we'll bust into a song. It's very live and improv, but it's also very layered, and um, it's really unique what she does. And had you met her before? Yeah, we actually met um, We met a few years ago. I think she was playing right before me at an Amazon gig through gigs for you We connected. And fast forward two years, we ended up playing a couple shows this summer. Stayed in touch. Stayed in touch. The whole circle of musicians in the in the area. Um, so yeah, it was really a special week, man. It really was just we got to touch base with like the whole community and kind of we're walking around town, knowing people on first name basis. Really, really special place. Um, they're really drawn to the arts. They were really welcoming. Um, they kind of just brought us in as family, like right when we stepped off the plane. So. Super cool. Really cool. And then I got to walk around and talk to my mom on the phone and figure out where she used to live on the fishing boat. And just the whole circle of like how everything came came to fruition was pretty amazing. The whole circle of life right there. Yeah. So what do you got planned in, in the future here? Yeah. So um, next Friday here on the island, I'm playing at Dealu. I do these sound baths and it's kind of a new term to most people. What it basically is, is a very intentional, vibrational gathering um, where the audience is basically laying in the most comfortable position you can imagine and I just kind of like paint these landscapes through my instruments very minimally it's not about a performance it's more about a vibration yeah the relaxation the relaxation Um, 
it's fairly new to me, but I've had a really, I've had a really good time and experience doing it. The first time I did it, I heard somebody snoring. <laughs> I was like, man, coming from my rock and roll background, I was like, what's wrong? Like, what am I doing wrong? And then I realized that the snoring is kind of like the, the rock and roll, you it's know, the corpse pose, it's the, it's, man. The, it's the corpse pose. And so, um, it's pretty intense. Like, you know, I've played some pretty big stages and it's nothing in parallel to these sound baths because people are on deaf ears, just like everything is in the room and it's all about relaxation. So, um, this one's actually going to be special. I'm teaming up with my buddy Chris Worden, and he's going to play his new gongs he just got. Gong. Yeah, yeah. like the gong symbols. Isn't so, that going to be too loud? Mm, that's why I'm going to have him at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so usually a sound bath is featured with gongs and singing bowls predominantly, like the whole time. Yeah, I don't own those instruments, and I personally wouldn't want to hear that for an hour. Personally, right. A lot of people like that because the the frequencies of those instruments actually has an effect on you. It almost affects me too much. So I mix it up. I kind of tell these stories with the journey of the music. And I have the ocean. I've recorded all the oceans from around the sound and the birds. And I, I kind of tell a story with the music for this dramatic rise and then this subtle fall. And each one's a different experience. It's just kind of I go with it. And then he's going to do singing bowls and, and then a gong ceremony at the end. So I, that's, I think we need to start recording this for sleep apps. Yeah, totally. So <laughs> next Friday, Dealu, um, 7 o'clock. Um, and you have something at BEMA, right? And then so, yeah, Emily and I are playing at BEMA. Um, can I come? You can totally come. I want to come. Yeah. <laughs> that's in December? Yeah, December 7th at BEMA. Um, it's a Fletcher Bay Winery event. Oh, they're pretty good when they put on their events. Yeah. These guys are nice. So Joel and I played there um, for 4th of July on their rooftop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Down there. I was watching the stream, actually, because I couldn't go or my family didn't want to go or something like that. Yeah. Which was interesting because they didn't end up having fireworks that night because of everything that happened with the island and the fireworks. Yeah, and the carbon-free podcast I did to hype everybody about the drones. (laughs) That didn't work either. It was more like a firework-free 4th of July. Uh, Not in Polsbo. Mm-hmm. Well, horrible. The show was great. Anyway, um, Fletcher Bay is having us out, and uh, that's the seventh at Bema. So that's and a repeat gig. Yeah? yeah, yeah. You know, you you put forward your best effort, and hopefully they like it and want you back. So I reward you. The beauty of of playing with mu- uh, with multiple musicians is that if somebody's already booked, I can reach out to somebody else, or mm-hmm. basically find a genre or fit for that specific event. So. Or just play on the ferry. Or just play on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Pike Place, too. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever play at Pike Place? So, yeah, I used to go um, I used to go busk there. What does that mean? Busking? Oh, busking's like when you are on the street performing. It's a street performer's a busker. All so right. that's a term for anybody who's on the street kind of pan- panhandling. Uh-huh. Um, and pan, hand pan paneling, handling. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I used to do that regularly, but it kind of became like work because getting there, you have to to get there early, claim your spot. So if you've ever been to the market and you've seen these large red notes on the sidewalk, those are designated spots for buskers. Oh, and you have to have a permit, which isn't a lot, but you have to have a yearly permit to be allowed to play there. And so what you'll do is you'll get there, claim your spot, and then hustle to find another spot. But it's kind of become so popular now that you usually have to wait a couple hours just to get another mm-hmm. spot. And it's like a full day thing just to play a couple hours. Whereas 
here on the island, I can go post up at Blackbird and walk down the street. And it's not about making money. It's just like I'm on the island playing my instrument. Yeah, it's cool seeing the kids hang out around you. But oh, I Blackbird. love it. I love it. And so, it, you know, it, it kind of became work, so I stopped doing it. And now I reset my my approach and just go play. And then the, the people I meet and getting the kids involved and all that good stuff, it's just a win-win. Kids are attracted to that turtle. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the... So they were like, hey, Abe, can I touch it? Can yeah. I touch it? It's such a crazy phenomenon, Tim. Like, I'll be watching people walk by with their kids... And they will break away and come over, approach me and my instrument, whereas that would never happen if I didn't have it. Yeah. It's pretty unique. And then I'll see adults who are in their tunnel vision just walk on by. So there's something to be said about that. The kids are just like uninhibited and they just walk over and want to play it. And the curiosity is still there. But, um, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to watch. Um, grown kids like it too. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that I use these for is um, – kind of for like music therapy and assisted living homes. Beautiful. And, um, I've also been um, on the, the music therapy program at the Seattle Cancer Alliance. So I go and perform there when I can in the lobbies. And I found that it's not just for the patients, but the workers that are there. It's a high stress place. It really is. Um, and then the families that are there too, you know, so it, it kind of, it's all encompassing. Like you just, it just kind of reaches out to everybody who's there and it's been a blessing to be a part of that. And that kind of led me to be more um, inquisitive about doing that more often. So I started doing assisted living homes. So I do Madrona house here where I have a rhythm class and play, um, That's beautiful, and get man. them involved. And then it's just something I really want to pursue is, is using these instruments for a deeper connection instead of just like, Hey, I got a show. You're a good dude. Well, you know, I have good parents. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to have good friends, too. They were, they were in Christian rock bands growing up, so yeah. <laughs> it was an interesting thing to have them be in their rock uh, 80s outfits rehearsing upstairs <laughs> in our house. <laughs> what was the band that was all hot when I was a kid? DC Talk. DC Talk. Oh, yeah. Remember those boys? Absolutely. Those <laughs> guys <laughs> cracked me up. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, my friend Chris, um, he was in a goth band, a, a religious goth band. I, mean, I forgot what religion religion it was, but I was surprised that they were playing goth music in the church. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what that sounds like. <laughs> it's very fast. <laughs> so, how did you and uh, Joel hook up and Trace? Mm. A shout out to Joel, who's coming on for the seventh appearance already. Seven? Yeah, he's record breaker here. He's my polit- my uh, politician that correspondent. Guy is so well rounded. Oh yeah, he's like, a solid guy. Like my walking dictionary, right? Um, then, uh, Trace listens to the show, so sh- shout out to Trace. Shout out Trace. Um, I think Trace actually connected us. Um, I had met Trace on the island, and he just hit me up to come over for a jam. Um, and Joel was there, and we just kind of jammed out some ideas. And then at the time, of course, I was not even trying to be in another project. But right. really cool dudes. Um, the fit was right. Um, we started playing at the L House regularly. Now you're playing at 13 Coins a lot? I play, yeah, regularly at all the 13 that's, Coins. That's such a weird I – ha- I haven't been there forever. I used to live on First and Broad for mm-hmm. um, 15 years, and 13 Coins was definitely – a one of the spots we hit um the one uptown yeah yeah and 
I, I, all I remember is like the the high back chairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, where's the space in Thirteen Coins that you play? So they just opened up Pioneer Square within the last few years. Oh. Yeah. So on what street? It's right on King Street. It's right by the um, okay, King well, Street Station. Okay. A little yeah. south down there. Yeah. The just it's in the bottom of the Hawk Tower down there. Okay. So um, we play in the bottom floor. So they still have the high back chairs upstairs, and then downstairs is more of a lounge. Um, so I rotate through a lot of different projects there. So I'm kind of there several times a month. <laughs> it's kind of a nice fit because they book Bellevue, Pioneer Square, and then they have a piano lounge in SeaTac. Yeah, I miss old piano bars. Yeah. Uh, third floor Fish Cafe in Kirkland. Yeah. I, I, it always cracked me up, too. People would be like, hey, can you turn the piano down? We're trying to eat and have a conversation. Well, you went to a piano bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to just be relaxing. And I used to go up uh, on payday and take out um, all the older senior citizens that worked at Bartel Drugs on mm. Queen Anne. On payday, we'd go to Sorry Charlie's, which was a piano bar back in the day, too, huh. over there across from Dick's, and we'd dance all night. Huh. I'm not familiar with that. That was probably before your time. Like back in the day, back in the day? Back in the day, day back in Blockbuster days. Oh, Blockbuster days. <laughs> How old are you now? I am 40 this year. Oh, congrats. Yeah. 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 It doesn't get easier. Yeah. That's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel that. Hey, well... Um, let's play some more music, man. Sure, I, yeah. yeah. It's a Friday afternoon. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I have one more um, instrument I brought, and uh, this one's very uh, similar to the handpan. Um, it's just a little different in the way that it was made. Um, so horseshoes on there? What this one does know? look like a horseshoe. This actually looks like some, some sort of a medieval shield from Game of Thrones or something. Um, yeah. Pretty so the, cool. the main distinction between this and the prior one that I played is traditionally hand pans are hammered out for the notes, whereas this one's mm. cut metal. So it's more similar to a gong in how long the sustain of the notes resonate. Uh, I was expecting it to be more bassy, but no. Well, it, it can be. It can be. This is a kind of an upper register scale. I have one that's lower register. It's a little bassier. Um, but the long decay of the notes really allows you to just kind of breathe so i use these for the sound baths um equally as cool just just different from a hand pan
All right, all right. I'm dying to be that kid and say, let me touch that it. That could be your uh, your <laughs> podcast bumper music. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd love some. No offense to Steve Newton and Ralph Rain out there. And, um, hey, you have to change your voice a little bit, though. Hey. Yeah, I don't have the this, radio voice. Yeah, I know, right? Well, with music like that, would be like, hey. Welcome to. Welcome to my podcast. Easy K Jazz. <laughs> with your host, Tiny Tim. <laughs> No, that's beautiful, man. And yeah. I, I want to touch it. I want to touch it. I want to touch it. Right, right. You know, so you're still the little kid. I love it. Don't lose that. <laughs> I won't. Um, I horse around way too much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't dare play on air after <laughs> listening to you. <laughs> oh, it's a privilege to be able to do this. It's not something I'm used to, but it's been fun. Well, yeah, let's get on some bumper music for sure, man. Yeah. And uh, we'll bring that box back in. And oh, I could bring the box in. Yeah, and yeah. maybe do a... We'll I do played a, it all night last night, so I was just giving my hands a little break. <laughs> got you, got you. Mm-hmm. All right, well, hey, Bram, thank you so much for coming into The Bystander today. And for sure. Sharing your little tidbit of life story, your Alaska story, and these beautiful instruments. Tell me the names of these one more yeah, time. Yeah, so I played um, an Indian drone box called a Shruti box, and then I had a Native American flute on top of that, and then I played... A hand pan um, in the scale of F pygmy. And then lastly, what you just heard is a D major rav drum from Russia. Wow. Do you sing at all? Uh, a little bit. A little, little bit. bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get a little harmonies on some of the projects I do. I got it in there. Singing's a very, like, you can't second guess yourself, otherwise you're already flat. So it's a, it's a different instrument to be able to control your voice. Um, I need to work on it somewhere, but I have the melody here, and I'll, I'll stick to this for now. <laughs> so what's your future look like in this music scene? So yeah, like I was saying, I, I really am intrigued by pursuing music as healing. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, like um, I've been performing for a while, and I still have a love for it, but I don't really enjoy the all the a- aspects of nightlife, um, the late nights, um, and I, I just found a deeper connection through the the Cancer Alliance and volunteering and then how, how powerful music is outside of just performing. Yeah. And so these instruments really opened me up to that, to be honest. So like I said, it just kind of turned everything around from the way I, I approach music and how I intend to use it. So now it would be saying no to gigs and trying to open up other avenues, whether it be through grants or other I just got hired to play for a Parkinson's place here on the island and do a rhythm class with music and dance. So there's opportunities out there. So if anyone's listening and they want music therapy or have any other suggestions for how I can go about this, I'm all about it. So Yeah, how would people contact you? Mm, um my first and last name is all over any platforms you like, the Instagrams and face spaces and I have a band camp, and <laughs> you could just space. you could just hire me on Aurora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out at Home Depot just looking for a job. <laughs> labor, labor ready musician. Labor associate. of love. <laughs> there you go. Make a Teamsters type thing. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Any way that's uh, convenient, I'm around. So. Well, I'll put some links in to your band camp. Cool. I know um, some people are using that. I think Leroy. Hit, uh, no, no, no. That's not who used it. Who did? Oh, Dante, this ukulele player I had yeah. in here from Mob Roll. Yeah. That'd be a cool venture for you to get hooked up with Mob Roll. What's that? Um, this is the most awesome near-homeless musician tour in the world. <laughs> 
so these guys do a 30-day bicycling tour around the Puget Sound, and this bus um, carries all the instruments, and they do shows at every stop over the 30 days, and the bus opens up to a stage, and then they have live, uh, you know, they graffiti the bus each time, huh. and they have all this these arts, and then whoever's riding their bike gets a turn on stage. So there'll be like 30 acts in Bremerton or in Tacoma or uh, out here in the Olympic Forest, stuff like that. And they, they just camp and play. And then they uh, raise, they pick a charity every year to uh, donate to. It's really cool. That mob mob Roll. Mob yeah. Roll. It's the seventh or eighth year. Huh. And that, that's how I found my bumper music with Ralph Rain. Nice. And he's on SoundCloud. Shout out to you, man. Yeah. Um, I hate to be greedy, but I need some more. Take us out of here, man. You want some more? I want some more. All right, I got you. I'm going to go back to the hand pan. Hand pan. Yeah. Thank you, man. I really appreciate this. My and pleasure. It's a it's an awesome story. Yeah. And keep up, keep up, being good. Thanks for having me, Tim. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Bystander. Be kind. <laughs>